Welcome to season 12 of Digital Learning Radio. I'm Catherine and I'm joined by my co-host, Laura. Hello. And this season of the podcast, we're continuing the conversations of sharing what is inspiring us on our ongoing story of learning. This week, Laura will share what's been inspiring her. It's true, but before I jump into my share, I do want to hear how things have been going for you. So Catherine, last week you shared some ideas about reimagining career growth, and I know I have continued thinking about this and diving a little bit more deeply on my end, but for you, I know that you are also planning on doing some intentional reframing, mm -hmm. some internal mind shifts, uh, as well as even sharing the framework and maybe your top dimensions with your core coordinator in an upcoming check-in. So has that happened yet? How has this topic been a now what for you uh, over the past week? Well, I've been pretty successful this time nice. for, for my now what. And one of my ideas was to start a Google Keep note to document how I'm actually contributing to others' work. And that has been so useful and affirming for me. Hmm. I'm kind of surprised at how it's working, hmm. but I'm still working on that next layer, which is how that contribution leads to growth and development, mm -hmm. but it's a start. One example that I captured is when a colleague stopped me and asked about some resources I had mentioned in a session she attended. I was so happy. I knew exactly what she was talking about. I knew exactly where to find it. I could send her the link. And so I thought, yay, I contributed. She remembered from the session. And my area of growth was thinking about this contribution, looking critically at those resources. Do they need to be updated? Are mm, they still mm -hmm. relevant? So is my curation on top of things for, for that link? So, yeah, yeah. so that was good. I feel like my Google Keep is off to a good start. Another goal was to finish the self-assessment reflection questions, which I did. And nice, check. Were, yes, those were very useful. And I also emailed my synopsis of my assessment results to my coordinator and I'm hmm. meeting with her in a couple of weeks. So I'll bring those up at our meeting. Nice. I also shared the framework with someone else who just really got into it. So hmm. that was helpful. So shout out to you as an accountability partner as well as an obliger i keep reflecting how important these now what's mm, are for mm -hmm. me they keep me on track well i love that and uh, i will say i will give you your check mark and gold star because uh, over the past week i heard you say oh let me add that to my keep note a couple of times <laughs> so uh love to be part in any way thank you awesome so before I share my inspiration for the week, I would love to hear from you. Do you have a quick win of inspiration that you want to share with us? I do. And I'm especially excited to share this quick inspiration and bonus. It's a follow-up to our conversation from a couple of weeks ago about mm. PKM curation and code. Nice. And it's a strategy for taking notes in real books rather than digital books. Ooh, you are speaking my language. Yes, I know you are mostly a real book kind of person. I love me a real book. <laughs> so in a new video, Tiago Forte, who developed that code model, interviews a book influencer known as Alex and Books. Mm. And Alex demonstrates how he takes analog notes. 
Now, spoiler, you have to be willing to write in your books. <laughs> I, know that's, I know that's hard for some people, but his process is after reading a few pages or a chapter, Alex captures favorite ideas along with the page number in the front cover of mm. his book to create his own table of contents. Ooh, okay. I like this. So he starts and he puts in parentheses like page 42 mm -hmm. and then adds the big idea. He said he reads a page or so, then he goes back and highlights. And if it's an, an especially terrific quote or idea to remember, he adds a star in the book and then he puts a star by that item in his own table of mm -hmm, contents. Mm -hmm. So this is super important. When he finishes the book, he distills the information by adding his big lessons and takeaways to the back left cover of the book. Mm -hmm. And then finally on the back right cover, he reflects and writes his actionable advice. Hmm. So his book becomes his summary. He opens up the front cover. These mm -hmm. are the big ideas. He opens the back cover and he sees his takeaways and his next steps love that idea and his process and then he writes out a newsletter so he goes back to his back cover and he tries to find three lessons and then three actionable items and that's what he puts in his newsletter almost hmm. using the same format so he said it's super easy to create just by looking at the back of the book i love my kindle and i love mm -hmm. readwise mm -hmm. but i also do love an actual book and i was just given three books this week hey. um, <laughs> so i thought this was a terrific idea to share Oh, yeah. I'm so glad you did. I really like that. And uh, yeah, I could benefit from a little bit more organization. And just before we started recording, actually, I picked up a physical book and I was like, give me a second. And I was just kind of thumbing right. through it looking mm -hmm. for uh, a quote. And so uh, that is a great idea. And I suppose if you have qualms writing in a book, which I truly do not. Mm -hmm. Sorry to my dad, though. Uh, he's uh, sad that that is a practice I follow. <laughs> it's okay. Get over it. Uh, but I suppose you could have like um, maybe a, a piece of paper inserted mm -hmm. in in the front and back if you really don't want to create your own table of contents there. Ooh, great share. I love this. Well, the video is fantastic. It's only about seven minutes. So nice. if you're interested, you can see his process and a few more details. Very cool. I will check that out for sure. Yay. All right, so now let's get into the heart of the episode. So mm -hmm. as a reminder, we're using our reflective protocol to guide our conversations to consider the what, so what, and now what as we share. All right, Laura, I'm ready to know what is inspiring you to learn this week. Well, this week I'm feeling inspired by the power of using protocols mm. to provide some structured conversation, some reflection, and especially of interest to me right now as a way to think through a problem and receive some feedback. I cannot wait to hear your ideas. Let's pull up the timer and in 60 seconds or less, give us the gist. Tell us all about protocols. 
Okay, so disclaimer up top. Uh, the topic <laughs> of protocols is huge. So extra good luck to me today and my 60 seconds. Uh, <laughs> but my strategy here is going to actually give a few of my favorite definitions of protocols, then give a preview of a particular protocol that I'm feeling inspired by, and then we'll go from there. Okay, sounds like a plan. All right, let's do it. Timer activated. <laughs> So most people think of the school reform initiative, SRI, as the place to find a protocol. And they define protocols as structured processes to support focused and productive conversations, mm. build collective understanding, and drive school improvement. Unsurprisingly, I'm also going to take a definition from compassionate coaching, uh, in which Kathy and Kenny say a protocol is a clearly defined routine designated to investigate information to arrive at a deeper understanding of it. Many protocols also end with sharing action steps, and during times of disruption, they can serve as helpful routines as most have specific steps to follow through the process. Many protocols even set the same time expectations and air time for talking for everyone. So this week, in a time of wildness and maybe lengthy and unproductive meetings, and never enough my timer goes off, mm -hmm. I'm inspired by leaning into protocols and their structure support. Ooh, well, Laura, I'm so glad you started with the definition because that is not a definition I've investigated. So I just love that idea of the productive conversations and collective mm -hmm. understanding and all based in school improvement. So mm -hmm. that's fantastic just hearing that first definition. So thanks for sharing that. And now let's dive a little deeper and tell us more to answer the so what about protocols is inspiring you to learn. Sure. Well, first, I have to name that though I do identify hard with my rebel tendencies, <laughs> shout out to the very first episode of this season for that revelation, <laughs> I do sometimes do well with having the rules, the constraints, and maybe the rigid structure that a protocol often involves. And while I would certainly not call myself a rule follower, and I typically <laughs> don't love it when I'm like given a script or told that I can or cannot speak, sometimes that rigid structure is good, especially when trying to get out of my own brain or way of thinking. I also really like the clearly defined roles and usually the time sections that a protocol provides. And even though I often and today speak over <laughs> the timer here on this podcast, I can make it work to follow a protocol in a small group. And so additionally, uh, you know, I referred to compassionate coaching earlier, and that section comes from a chapter about coaching through disruption, through the compassionate coaching focus of routines. And so the book mentions the frequent disruption that many coaches, instructional leaders, and well, I would say people often <laughs> experience, which is meetings going awry or getting hijacked mm -hmm. or just not being productive. And so I think that's also on my mind right now and why the power of protocols is really speaking to me and inspiring me. Ooh, Laura, you just brought up two fantastic points that I want mm. to reiterate. Just getting out of your own brain. I mean, when you mm -hmm. think about those steps that you said in a protocol 
and also thinking about meetings that go awry and mm -hmm. keeping things on track. I love, love those two big points. So thank you for sharing that. Let's go a little bit deeper. Do you have a particular favorite protocol you want to share more in depth? Well, I certainly do. Mm -hmm. And again, there are so many protocols out there. Protocols for feedback, for planning, for problem solving, for idea sharing, for data analysis. Mm -hmm. uh, you can use them with your colleagues or PLCs or even students. But the protocol that is inspiring me this week is a feedback protocol called the Charette Protocol. And I would love to share a bit about it. Mm -hmm. So first of all, shout out to the North Texas ITS group and specifically our friends Leah and Edna at Plano ISD mm -hmm. for introducing me to this protocol at a recent North Texas ITS meetup. I got to experience this protocol firsthand. I came to the meeting as instructed with a project that I was just feeling stuck on and in need of some feedback. And I found going through this protocol to be a fantastic experience and one that truly helped me get unstuck and have some immediate next steps. Oh, same for me. I was at that meeting as well. And I think right? everyone at my table who participated was so excited. I know Leah was thrilled to share this with us when we got started. And that enthusiasm was palpable. Uh, uh, palpable, right? Because it just worked beautifully. So let's get into the details and remind or tell everyone about the Charette protocol. Sure. So like most protocols, the Charette has specific roles for participants and it works really well in a group of four. So you'll have one person to serve as the facilitator. They keep the discussion and the timing on track. You have one presenter and hopefully two participants. This protocol is five rounds and it takes about 15 minutes in total. So it's also very doable time-wise. The purpose of the charrette is for the presenter to share a project, problem, or idea in order to receive some feedback to improve a piece of work or get help in order to get unstuck and move forward. So let me give you a quick rundown of those five rounds and then share what about it that is just so inspiring mm -hmm. to me. The protocol starts with three minutes of the presenter sharing that problem or idea and then providing a focus question for that specific feedback that they're wanting from the group. Then there's a two-minute round where the two participants and the facilitator ask some clarifying questions about the project or idea to really help understand that situation more clearly. Next is where the magic happens, mm -hmm. and I will certainly circle back to this for sure, but you've got six minutes where the presenter is asked to not only speak, but actually physically turn their back away from the group. So your task as the presenter is to turn away and just solely listen to the conversation and the feedback that's happening. And so during the six minutes, the two participants and the facilitator take ownership of the project and they adjust their language accordingly. So they might say, we should consider XYZ or our next step should be, you know, whatever. And they take the six minutes to answer the focus question and give some specific actionable 
incredible feedback that of course emphasis improving the project and you know like not criticizing any of the components from there the presenter turns back around and has two minutes to share their takeaways based on the feedback that they heard express some gratitude and really share some next steps or further unlocked thinking and then there's a final two minute round and that's reserved for a, a debrief of the protocol process as a group uh, and to consider the things that went well felt productive etc so that's the charrette in a quick 15 minute round Okay, so I know you said you were going to circle back to the power of this protocol. Where does that really come into play? Absolutely. And I would love to hear your thoughts also, because I know you experienced this protocol as well. But I was shocked at how effective mm. it was for me to physically turn around while listening to others talk about my work for six minutes. Mm -hmm. It made it a lot easier to not want to jump in and answer a question or just start talking. And also I realized I didn't have to emote or work on not fixing my mm -hmm. face, which is always a thing for mm -hmm. me. And I could truly just listen and take notes. And again, I found that to be shockingly liberating. Mm -hmm. Additionally, hearing others take on a project that was a solo project for me at a place that I really was stuck and hearing them just jump in and take it as their own was also surprisingly effective and invigorating. So hearing some people who had no idea what I did or what I was working on say things like, okay, I'm so excited about this project and I think we should dive in and start here or next we should definitely try blah, blah, blah. And mm -hmm. I found their ideas to be extremely helpful and the entire process to be uplifting and really creative. I don't know why it works so well, but it really did. Mm -hmm. Well, I feel exactly the same and copy paste your responses with yeah. the having others take it on. And then I think it's important that you reminded us that you don't have to show your face. Like if you're mm -hmm. hearing some kind of weird questions, you're, mm -hmm. you're not having to do any of the um, hiding of your emotions about it. Mm -hmm. I love that. I will also have to say, our group was so uplifted and invigorated by this. We've got a little email chain going now. And I knew the other three people in my group, but they did not know each other at all. Mm. And our projects were all so different, but we're like, we have to keep in touch. We have to stay accountable to each other. So we've been emailing each other with kind of our updates just from this, you know, one hour experience. So okay, I love that. And also sounds like you contributing and connecting. So oh. <laughs> love that as well. Uh, that's you. very cool. Yeah. So I will also say that uh, the protocol process only takes 15 minutes. And so when we did it as a group of four, we rotated four times uh, and went through that process four different times so that each person had the opportunity to be that presenter and be able to get some feedback on their project. So it did end up taking an hour overall, which is also not that long. Uh, you know, I've been to several meetings that were longer than an hour and certainly not as productive. <laughs> 
as this hour was. So the time commitment, um, I, I think is definitely doable. Mm-hmm. Something else that I was thinking about, and I know we've talked about the art of gathering um, a handful of times on the podcast, but this idea of not being a chill host and respecting and protecting our guests. So I know, Catherine, you and I really try to promote balancing voices when we have people working in small groups or in a Zoom breakout room. But this protocol, and really most protocols, really effectively balance those voices by having those explicit times when some people are talking and some people Mm -hmm. are not talking, and they're literally timed. And so I really like that. It makes me think back to compassionate coaching. There's a quote in there from Kathy Bunyan talking about protocols that says, they draw out people who might otherwise be drowned Mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. And that really spoke to me. And I think we've all experienced being in a meeting or a group and being drowned out, Mm -hmm. um, but also needing those opportunities to be drawn out. I know that's me in a bigger group. There are more than five or six people. I'm probably not going to speak up. But if you put me in a small group, uh, I might need that reminder to not be the one drowning out other Mm -hmm. people. I think it's sometimes good to have those parameters that protocols provide and really help, you know, protect the guests from uh, maybe somebody who's a little bit too chatty. I love the connection to Art of Gathering, of course. And I also am thinking back to that North Texas ITS meeting, and I loved that Edna started our whole conversation with, what do you know about protocols? What do you think about protocols? Mm -hmm. And there were a few comments that were something like, it sometimes feels inauthentic when you Mm -hmm. have those timers or those specific question prompts. But that is so important to have that balance of voices i think and to draw Mm -hmm. those people out and this charette protocol specifically it did not feel inauthentic i mean we went Mm -hmm. through those same questions but it was just i thought a very natural process and Mm -hmm. and those timers kept us on track so i love that agree okay is there anything else you'd like to share Sure. So a couple of things. Uh, According to the school reform initiative, this charrette protocol originates from the architectural world and Mm. is used when someone is truly feeling stuck and they can't easily move forward on their own. So that was a fun tidbit. Mm. And then our Plano ISD friends also shared that charrette is a French word that means a cart or a wheelbarrow. And so I really liked the analogy that this protocol invites you to, you know, place your work in a charrette and essentially wheel it over to allow others to take it and work with it for a bit. And then at the end, you have your work kind of wheeled back to you and returned for you to move forward for your next step. So I kind (laughs) of like that connection as well. And then really finally, just reiterating that there are so many protocols out there and they can be used for so many purposes in a variety of setups. And I'm particularly inspired by the charrette protocol this week, but it is causing me to pause and remember the power of protocols in general and be looking for opportunities to not be a chill host and to see if I can insert a protocol into an upcoming session or PLC or meeting. So it's kind of unlocked a um, a remembering that uh, protocols really can be powerful. Well, those are all fantastic shares and connections. And I'll add one thing, hopefully, to add to your um, Mm -hmm. to your brain. But 
the idea from the edge of protocols, mm -hmm. they talk about the importance of lessening cognitive load, because mm -hmm. if you do the same protocol every week in your class or in a PD session that's repeated, people will come in and like, oh, yeah, it's the Charette protocol. And you know exactly mm -hmm. how that works. Mm -hmm. And it, if you're doing this in your classroom, oh, today is Iron Chef. The kids know mm -hmm. what it is and they can focus on the content or getting the feedback or coming in with the process and not really worry about those timers or specific questions mm -hmm. if those are repeated. So my inclination like yours is like, oh, let me go look at all the protocols mm -hmm. out there in mm -hmm. the world. But now I'm like, no, let me see if I can repeat some in mm -hmm. regular meetings. So Ugh, that that is such a good point. And again, I think this one was so effective because we all walked away with a solution. And mm -hmm. so we did take some time at the beginning to set up, okay, this is what this is. This is how it will work. But uh, I'm imagining how effective and exciting it would be to go back to that meeting like, okay, Charette, let's go. I've got a mm -hmm. new problem. I'm yep. ready to do it. And so yeah, lessening that cognitive load and repeating these processes. Ooh, good point as well. Yay. Well, as you know, another idea we're practicing this season is to use each episode as a place to launch further thinking. We want to challenge each other to apply what we share as we consider now what. So Laura, now what? What are some next steps from here and how might you incorporate ideas about protocols into your work or further your learning? Well, immediately, I <laughs> am sharing this with a group of coaches tomorrow. Uh, we're going to go through the process and give everyone the opportunity to receive some feedback and hopefully get unstuck on a problem or a project that each person is working on. Nice. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I'm sure I will learn some new things being on the facilitator side of the protocol this time. I will say um, prepping for this podcast, though, has really helped me feel that I, I am good and prepped for facilitating tomorrow. So when when they're on a, a truly current inspiration to share this week. Well, how fun to have those coaches leave uplifted and inspired like we were, um, yeah, and especially yeah. on a Friday. So great. Yeah. <laughs> it's November. It's a Friday. We need to solve some problems. Um, <laughs> right. I'm, I'm excited. Additionally, since it it does only take 15 minutes. I think I would like to make this a practice that I ask for in my own development and problem solving. Mm. So I am really lucky to have several available thought partners that I work with at Region 10. And we do have a culture of asking for feedback on planning of upcoming sessions or meetings or projects. But I think utilizing the structure would be um, both vulnerable, but also extremely productive for me to get the kind of feedback I need to go a bit beyond just talking through an idea and asking maybe that generic or unhelpful question of like, what feedback do you have for me? So I think that that would be an interesting process to bring to my team or thought partners uh, to really get that feedback I need. I love this so much. I want this to become a culture of our department. So yes, yeah. please yeah. start that, Laura. And finally, I just thought of this, but I'm toying around with the idea of offering the facilitation of this protocol as a session that mm. I host. So I think work as a webinar with some minor tweaks or even a presentation amidst all of the summer professional learning conferences that I'm a part of. I know I would love to attend a session that's, you know, like 90 minutes of my time, allows me to connect with others, 
and walk away with mm -hmm. actionable feedback on something relevant to me. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of weird, but I also love, you know, doing things differently than mm -hmm. the way we always have. And so I think at the very least, this is an idea that's worth thinking about further. Nice. And I, I might even go through the charrette process to think through how this could work as a conference presentation. So how's that for Meta and some some gold stars? Oh, gold, we'll see. gold stars for you. Yes. And <laughs> A way to think about things in different ways. <laughs> yeah, we we will see. And we'd also like to extend the invitation to you, dear listener, to share your ongoing story of learning as well. Take a moment to pause and think wherever you're listening from and consider what ideas have you heard today that have sparked your interest and inspired further learning about protocols. You may also find us on Twitter at DigLearnRadio to continue the conversation and share your own learning that's inspiring you this week. This season, we're dedicated to sharing our learning and the things that are inspiring us. We hope that when we share, the conversations and ideas will cultivate curiosity and inspire you to explore one of the resources, reflect on a question we've asked, or continue the conversation with us online. Reflect to consider the what, so what, and now what of your thinking. Share your learning inspirations and ideas from this episode and beyond. We are, as ever, inspired to learn from Gail Allen and her work in the new pillars of modern teaching. She reminds us that when we share, we add a sentence to the story we communicate about ourselves to the world. Let's continue learning, sharing, and transforming. Let's get inspired.